You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 96 of Ask Concussion Doc. This episode is titled, So you think you need vision therapy. Well, you might, actually. 50% of your brain or more is dedicated to vision. So it's highly, highly involved. And it's not just, you know, your occipital cortex and the way people think of vision is just what you can see in front of you. But it also contributes a lot about to obviously your spatial awareness, navigating your environment, uh, you know, being able to perceive things cognitively. There's a whole bunch of different things, perceiving visual motion, connecting with your vestibular system and your your proprioceptive systems and stuff. So your vision and your, your brain, uh, or sorry, your brain is a is a huge um I'm sorry, I should say your visual fields or your visual processing capabilities take up a huge portion of your brain, more than 50%. And after concussion, we know that there are a number of deficits that occur um, in, in, in a variety of areas. Actually, um, we found reduced visual reaction time in concussion patients and PCS patients, uh, approximately 70% of concussion patients have one or more visual issues um, after concussion. Most commonly, it is accommodation and convergence issues. Accommodation is basically your ability to see far and near and your ability to kind of move between those two things. Convergence is your ability for both eyes to be able to kind of converge on a target and see things. If you have convergence issues, you may start to see double vision. Uh, you may have to hold things out further from your face and a whole bunch of other issues like that. A recent systematic review found that near point convergence is impaired in post-concussion patients and vision rehab is actually um, helpful in treating patients with convergence insufficiency. So this is a systematic review, a large-scale study that was done that actually showed this. There's also a condition called post-trauma vision syndrome. So those of you that are listening to this right now can probably identify some of these symptoms. Dizziness, balance problems, car sickness or motion sensitivity, light sensitivity, blurred vision, both with movement and without movement, um, peripheral vision problems, headaches, depth, depth perception issues, reading issues, uh, losing your place on the page, uh, having to reread paragraphs, um, having blurring of the pages, um, getting through everything and forgetting what you've just read, intolerance to computer screens, red or watery or itchy eyes, uh, discomfort with busy environments, visual motion or patterns, discom- uh, reduced sensitivity of where the body is in space, and you feel reduced confidence in navigating your environment. If you're going upstairs, typically people say, well, I have to hold on to the hand railing for sure. I just don't feel confident in where I am. Um, difficulty recalling visual information. So that's post-trauma vision uh, syndrome. And I'm sure a lot of you are identifying. I see patients saying yes and thumbs up to me as I'm going about this right now. Other visual conditions. There's a thing called visual motion or sorry, visual flicker 
syndrome. So basically, uh, there's your computer screens and, um, and a lot of people have issues with, uh, fluorescent lighting. Fluorescent lighting, uh, has a flicker rate to it. Your computer screen has a flicker rate to it. So even though it looks like a stable image, what you're actually seeing is a flashing happening at your eyes. Um, in a repeated fashion, which can be stimulating, can provoke symptoms in some people. Um, I mean, one thing to get across, and I've said this before, that it is not dangerous or harmful to you. It's not going to uh, um, make your, your condition worse necessarily. It's not going to prolong your outcome, but it can be annoying and increase uh, your symptoms. There's another condition called visual snow. This one's more rare. I've heard a couple patients talk about this. But basically, you have kind of this snowy visual pattern that happens uh, within your visual field. Um, sometimes this can be helped with things like colored lenses. Uh, there's a condition called visual midline shift where you actually perceive everything to be shifted slightly over. So you people sometimes turn their heads in weird ways to try and make it line up for them. They'll do, your body will do little kind of things to adapt to some of the issues that are going on. So overall, the evidence on these types of conditions, we know that they exist. We know that uh, they happen quite frequently in a number of post-concussion patients, but we don't yet have a ton of evidence to support vision therapy for these issues. It's still kind of mixed, a little bit controversial. Some people completely poo-poo it. Uh, some people are all about it. I am uh, more on the side of being all about it. Um, we have a vision therapist, a neurooptometrist, uh, who's on our advisory board, and she's been on there for years. Um, the consensus statement from Berlin, although it's about four years old now, actually did not include vision therapy as a potential treatment uh, resource for patients, which I think is unfortunate, but the evidence at that time was still pretty sparse. Um, but I think that it can be helpful in certain patients. Now, I do want to say, though, for the patients that are listening, a lot of people tend to go straight to vision therapy because your visual field and your visual system makes so, up so much of your sensory input, right? Um, you're sensing your environment. You're seeing all this stuff. If there's an issue and something feels off or your visual field feels, feels wavy or you don't like crowded environments or you get motion sick in cars and all of the symptoms that go under the category of post-trauma vision syndrome – People immediately think it's something with my eyes or something going with my eyes. I need to see a neurooptometrist to get this figured out. But there's some other things to consider before you necessarily navigate down that path. So just to reiterate, I think that vision therapy is extremely helpful in a number of patients, but I also think that there's a lot of patients that are getting vision therapy unnecessarily or they're doing it as a standalone silo and that's not going to be very effective either. So there's other systems that influence your vision. So your brain is a system. Let's think about it this way. Uh, I have an example <laughs> that I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, um, but uh, the best I could come up with was a car. So if you have a car, you can't just take the engine out of your car and plop a jet engine in there and assume that that's going to uh, work. You have to connect it. You'd have to connect the ignition system. You'd have to connect the exhaust system. You'd have to connect it to the drivetrain so that it would actually push the car forward. You'd have to make sure that all the other systems are also upgraded, connected to fit with that change that you're making. If you just, same way, were to just go through vision therapy without considering the brain as a system, the other systems are not going to be able to actually kind of accept 
vision therapy in the way that they need to in order for it to be effective, okay? So your brain gets sensory input from a variety of sources. One is the visual system, the eyes and everything else. And then you have your vestibular system, which is your balance system. And then you also have your proprioceptive system, system, which is the sensors in your muscles and joints throughout your body to tell you where you are in space. The most highly innervated areas for uh, dizziness, balance, proprioception are in your digits, in your fingers, and also in the muscles and joints of your neck. Your neck is very important about telling us where we are in space. If there's something off with our vision, our head will tilt in a natural way to make it seem level. And we don't even know that we're doing it. That's how in tune these systems are. Similarly, if my eyes are moving and there's an issue with my neck, it will cause my eyes to skip. Okay, I won't have a nice smooth motion. So when your eyes move back and forth, if I was to take my finger and drag it back and forth like this and have you follow it, your eyes would follow it and some of you would have a nice smooth pattern. This is what's called smooth pursuits. Some of you in my concussion group here would have a skipping pattern. So your eyes would go boop, 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 boop. You'd have this jerky motion of your eyes. Some people would look at that and say that's an ocular motor problem. You have a problem with your eyes and how they move. I look at that and say, okay, I don't know what's causing that. It could be your vestibular system, it could be your visual system, and it could be your neck. Because when your eyes are moving, it's constantly asking the other systems where they are. And if there's an issue going on in one of those systems, it will cause a, a little hiccup in the motion of the eyes, and then it'll have to skip and catch up to where it was or where it should be before. It's called the catch-up saccade, okay? So this happens. So let's consider something like post-trauma vision syndrome. I read out the symptoms that I'll read them out again, dizziness, balance problems, car sickness, light sensitivity, blurred vision, double vision, peripheral uh, vision problems, headaches, depth perception issues, reading issues, intolerance to computer screens, discomfort with busy, busy environments, visual motion or patterns, reduced sense of where the body is in space, reduced confidence in navigating your environment and difficulty recalling visual information. A lot of these symptoms can happen with Vestibular dysfunctions, right? Balance impairments, dizziness, um, motion sensitivity, car sickness. That can happen if you have a vestibular problem. That can also happen if you have a neck problem. I've had so many patients that will report that the ground is moving or that when they're walking upstairs, they need to hold on to the hand railing or whatever. They feel that their depth perception is off. They feel that they can't go grocery shopping because their eyes can't take in all that environmental information. They start to go, oh my God, I, I can't be here. I have to leave. All right. So oftentimes they'll think I have an eye problem. But really what's happening is when your eyes are in a space, they're constantly moving and recalibrating. If there's issues going on in your vestibular system, in your neck, all of that information gets jumbled up because your brain is getting input from three different systems and two of them may be saying one thing and another system is saying something completely different. It starts to create a confusing picture for your brain and you just go, okay, this is too much, right? You assume that it's a vision problem. And so you'll often go down the path of, I need vision therapy because this is a vision problem. But if it's a neck problem, you're going to spend months and months and months in vision therapy and it's not going to improve, right? Blurred vision, for example, with movement, if you're moving your head and your eyes start to blur, maybe not a vision problem because that can happen with the problem with the vestibular ocular reflex. That can happen. And that actually is treated with vestibular therapy, thing called gaze stabilizations. Uh, it can also be a problem with the COR, which is the cervical ocular reflex. When your neck moves, it creates a reflex in your eyes. So again, if you're moving your neck and the eyes create a blurring of the vision, they can't keep up with that surrounding, that reflex may be impaired. So it could be an issue with other systems.
So the things to consider, like I said, visual system, vestibular system, proprioception, um, they need to all be working together. Neck dysfunction, and this has been shown, again, I'll show pop some studies up over my shoulder here for those watching on YouTube, but uh, neck dysfunction has been found to uh, have associations with smooth pursuit issues. Like I said, creating those skipping in the motion. Uh, saccadic issues, creating latency in your saccadic uh, function. Saccades are your ability to unlock from a target, move quickly to a new target and lock on. Well, in patients with neck issues, there's a latency there where it doesn't unlock and doesn't lock on as quickly as it would in a healthy person. There's also convergency insufficiency issues. So convergence insufficiency, your ability for your eyes to come in and uh, come together on a target. I saw somebody comment over here that they have convergence insufficiency issues. Well, People with neck dysfunction also have convergence insufficiency issues. So if you're going there doing your pencil push-ups and you're doing vision therapy for months and months and months and you've kind of hit a plateau and you're not getting any better, that's because something is being missed. All right? Like I said, you can't just drop the jet engine into your car and hope that everything's going to work out. You have to connect everything together. You have to also upgrade the other systems so that your car's not going to fall apart as soon as you get it going. You have to make sure that all the other systems are working together and communicating. You can't just do one. And that goes for everything to do with concussion. You can never just treat one thing. And I see this time and time again from all my concussion patients to go, well, I'm going to try vision therapy first. I'm going to do that for six months. Then if that doesn't work, then I'm going to try vestibular therapy. And then I'm going to do that for six months. And if that doesn't work, then I might try seeing a chiropractor. And if that doesn't work, then I, you know, like none of that's going to work. And the reason is because you're doing it one at a time. Your brain is a system. You have to make sure that all of them are kind of happening together so that if you're working on your visual system, if your vision system is being rehabbed over here, but you're not fixing the other issues, you're going to hit a roadblock, right? Your, your eyes can't stop skipping because there's a neck problem. So you'll do this, do this, do this, do this forever, forever, forever. Nothing's working. Oh my God, it's just not going away, right? And it won't go away. You have to go, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm also going to do this and also do that at the same time so that I'm covering all my bases with all my systems so that they're all communicating together and they're all getting better at the same time. Because then the gains you're getting in vision therapy are going to help your neck. And the gains you're getting from your neck are going to help your vestibular. And so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. And that's how you treat concussion. You never do things one at a time. So in closing, just because your eyes feel off or you feel that you have a vision problem doesn't necessarily mean that you have a vision problem. By all means, go get your eyes checked, see a neurooptometrist, have them do an assessment. The issue though, what I would say is that shouldn't be your first stop. And again, nothing against vision therapy. I refer all the time. But if you're going there as your first point of contact, many of the neurooptometrists don't have a good understanding of the neck function. Some of them really do, some of them don't. Some of them don't have a really good understanding of the vestibular system. So they'll look at everything as a visual problem, right? If, you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything you see is a nail, right? That's kind of the concept. So you need to look at this more holistically. So I would say your first stop should be a concussion rehab professional, somebody who has extensive training in concussion. I'm going to go even a step further and say a complete concussion management trained clinician, somebody who's done our protocols, our program, knows what they're doing, can actually take you through some assessments to find out 
which issue is the issue for you. If it ends up being vision therapy, then they can refer you that direction. But a lot of times patients come in thinking it's vision issues and it ends up being something else and it's fixed within seconds and they don't have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars on vision therapy. So like I said, your body is a system. You need to work all parts together. I would say go to a concussion trained specialty person first, then start looking down the other avenues based on what your primary clinician recommends. So that is it for me for today. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you like this video, be sure to subscribe and like this video, share it with your friends wherever. For those of you watching at home right now live, I will answer some questions for a bit. So stay with me. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.